You may have noticed that X-Files podcast is now breakups, broken hearts, and moving on with Janice Formicella. I've still got weekly content for you on beating your breakup, healing your broken heart, and moving on to an amazing, abundant life. Same great resource with a name to match. Welcome to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On with Janice Formicella. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to learn from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical, sexy new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. Welcome back to not X Files to breakups, broken hearts, and moving on, Jesse. Wow! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is great to have you on. You have been a part of my entire podcasting journey from like the first time I even had a guest on. Yeah, you were the first, I know. and then um, with losing my co-host or. Gaming, being a solo podcaster, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Much better way to look at it because that's definitely what happened. And now you're back for the next chapter, which is the new name, which I'm looking forward to the doors that that's going to open. So hello and how are you? It's been a while since you've been here. I know. I've been crazy busy with my life over here in little old New Zealand. Um, <laughs> little old New Zealand. Little old New Zealand. Just readjusting to life and... um and such. So I, yeah, I've been vacant, not vacant, missing in action. Missing in action. I, yes. I would, yeah. I would say that. Jesse, taking a step back. Taking a step back. Well, it sounds like you have some exciting things on, on the horizon yes. and you've, you've yes. had some life changes recently and life expansions. So it's totally allowed. We were actually going to record an episode on this topic in April and we both had things come up that prevented us from doing it. So thank you for your flexibility and I'm always willing to be flexible. So we're oh, let's anytime. get into people pleasing. I don't even remember how this came up. So <laughs> what would you I think in some podcast we were talking about it and we're like we should do a topic on that, right? And here we are. The last episode that Jesse and I recorded together, it's ranking quite highly. It's our recent relationship lessons. Oh. So I will link to that in the show notes. Everybody go and listen. That was that was a fun one. Today we're talking about people pleasing. What would you say is either an intention or something that you would like listeners to get out of this episode? I think having gone through it myself and I think listening to this, the biggest intention would be to set you up with some tools or some ways at looking at how to deal with people pleasing and how to like, if you are a people pleaser to kind of maybe mitigate that and slow down on that. Cause it's not an overnight fix. I still people please 
Uh, but I catch myself a lot faster now. So hopefully listening to this will give you some ideas on how to like slow down with that people pleasing that you may be doing in your day to day. That's wonderful. I would also hope those who might be going through a breakup to take from this episode, learning how to put yourself first in all, mm. in all areas of life. I would definitely say I'm a recovered people pleaser. I'm sure there are still times when I do it, but I don't know. I have to say I'm pretty comfortable <laughs> doing what I want to do. Sometimes to, to a fault almost. I will say that, and we're going to get into this I still am terrified of confrontations, um, but instead oh, of com- capitulating to the other person, I'll just fig- I figure out other ways to avoid it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> to so be I'm honest. just going to go over here. <laughs> yes, exactly, actually. Um, so, Jesse, what is your definition of people-pleasing? Okay, for me, it's going above and beyond uh, to keep everybody happy so that I am seen as useful. Um, and that's usually at the expense of my own energy, time, and happiness. Wow, that's fantastic. I would say in a nutshell, people-pleasing is fear of expressing my needs. Mm-hmm. And from Psychology Today, I really liked this one. The underlying urge to make others happy and to be positively regarded. Yeah, Okay. And from Merriam-Webster, a person who has an emotional need to please others often at the expense of his or her own needs or desires. How has this shown up for you? (laughs) Oh, burnout. Oh, burnout. Okay. How you are fun in my life. Um, For me, it's often like I will do, I will overbook myself. I will never say no to people. Um, because I don't want to let them down. I don't want them to like, not like me because I said no, mm-hmm. uh, particularly when I've wanted to say no. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, I've regretted it. And then I like resent the person and I resent myself. And so like, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like I just would often just be using that and saying yes to avoid confrontation as well. Cause like, I hate confrontation. I find it scary and just not a thing. So I would just be like, yes, totally I'll do that. Yes, totally I'll do that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that that was my fault, even though it wasn't my fault. (laughs) Have you seen it show up in either a romantic relationship or after a breakup? With ex-partners, no. No, usually if they're nasty, I'm like, the middle fingers (laughs) up and see you later. Okay, so maybe this is showing up in other aspects of your life. Yeah, more with like the people, more in relationship rather than Mm. breakup and definitely with like the relationships that I consider near and dear to me. I would say for me, I can relate to what you say about burnout. Uh, Two things are coming to mind, both people pleasing professionally and then I was a people pleaser Mm. in my marriage. When I first became a freelancer, I was nervous of letting people down. I was nervous of any fallout from telling people I either had a boundary or couldn't do something. So, and I don't do this now, but, and it was just like whatever anybody wanted. Uh, Very low pay, people expecting me to kind of be on call, people being extremely demanding. And I cannot think of one time looking back on that time in my life that I really ever stood up to someone Mm. or that I even expressed my discomfort at all. Mm. And yeah, I ended up really hating my work and kind of letting the business implode because I was just so dissatisfied with it. Yeah. 
And I actually really love my work now and have extremely firm boundaries. And then when I was in my marriage, I kind of, I had so much of my identity tied up in the relationship mm-hmm. and I was so scared of losing him, which I laugh at now because it's not how I think of what went down at all, that mm. seriously, there was nothing that I would not do for him. It was re ridiculous Mm. and yeah I think that he in the end didn't have a very high level of respect for me probably partially because there was there was nothing that I wouldn't Mm. say yes to and also I I got really burnt out from the (laughs) from the relationship as well and then going back I've also done it because I hate being put on the spot with a confrontation I child I struggle with it to this day and so I know I've people pleased in the past semi recently with a couple people just because I didn't want to have the uncomfortable discussion yeah. about a few things yeah no totally I've, I've been there I think we've all been there right because most people I'm not going to speak for everyone but I think most people like to particularly when you put on the spot right like oh it's <laughs> I know I always have not like, a fun feeling mm, yeah and I get kind of like so uncomfortable physically that it's hard for me to fit think of what to say it's something that I just don't enjoy I feel so uncomfortable mm. I actually think you're a little bit better at it than I am even just messaging people if they've if they've wronged you I think I'm that- better at it now okay <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't always that way so that's again it's doing the work and because me and being a people pleaser even if it was a message I would be like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry what can I do to fix this yeah but it, it's it takes some time because the great thing about messages is you don't have to reply straight away it's yes. not face to face you can leave it for a few moments and come back to it yep people always ask me is it okay to break up over text or is it okay to say certain things over text i often say if it makes it so that you can communicate it and if you're that uncomfortable with a face-to-face confrontation then it's it's better than nothing yeah, yeah. i yeah i've had some like deep and meaningful conversations that needed to be had via message because it was hard for us to communicate in person without emotions getting riled up you know what I mean so like Mm -hmm. I think it's a healthy way of having communication sometimes as long as both of you are on the same page and you're not just like texting them out of the blue and being like hey this is the this is a thing being like hey look I really want to talk to you about this thing I think message is going to be easier like my ex-partner and I would often do that when we were together he would send million long minutes of voice message uh, (laughs) or bodies of text which I just didn't have the time to read but I know that it was a way of him because he's a just how he processes with his ADHD and stuff having that communication in person wasn't a thing because it would take him a while to process from the brain to the mouth Mm -hmm. and that used to frustrate me so I'd rather he sent me these voice messages um, or walls of text once he'd figured out what he needed to say because then I could go and read it and take my time to respond and not get annoyed that he was taking forever to communicate with me Got in it. person. Cause I'd just be like, can we, are we still talking? Are you alive? Like <laughs> you've just gone silent on me. What are we doing here? Yes. You know, it definitely depends on the couple and the individual, but sometimes writing it out is more, more effective. So let's talk about signs of people pleasing and I'll let you start and let's go. If, if you're wondering, are you just a nice person or are you a people pleaser? These <laughs> are some signs that you may want to look for. Yeah. Well, I've said it already a lot in here, but saying sorry, apologizing often. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But like, I ironically, I hate that word. 
I hate when people say to me, I'm sorry, but they don't mean it genuinely because they don't follow it up with action. But yeah, I'd often just apologize, even though it wasn't my fault because it was easier than standing up for myself and potentially having someone not like me. Same. And also it diverts the conversation away from either of you taking responsibility Mm. or either of you facing what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. I too used to be someone who would pepper this in just all over the place when there was no need for me to feel sorry when I didn't necessarily feel sorry. I think I it's like a tick. Uh, I said sorry. <laughs> um, it's like apologizing for your existence almost, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how it feels like I'm sorry, I'm a burden, I'm sorry, I'm here. Or instead of telling someone what was actually going on for me and why I may not have been showing up like 100%, I would just be saying sorry. Or mm. yeah, in my relationships, I would say it all the time just so that we would never have to face reality of things. And yeah. it's One thing I want to point out to people who think that they may be doing this, first of all, look at, at, you know, in a week, how often you say it, then maybe start to think about why you're saying it. What I came to learn is that it actually makes people kind of uncomfortable and so much so that I actually had someone point it out to me that I was would say it so much. In fact, come to think of it, when this person said it to me, I was like, would like apologize even for other people. You know, mm, I was just I find all I do that the too. time. I apologize for my friends that might be slightly more confrontational than me and be like, oh, I'm sorry, that's just who they are. Like, I mean, I must have said it 30 times in a in a day back when it was such a bad habit of mine. And I did have multiple people point it out that I said it more often than your average Joe. And it was not until someone pointed it out to me, then I started hearing it. You know, it was standing out more because mm. it was in my head. And yikes, it was bad. And I did have to train myself over time to catch it. And I did. I would say I'm much more likely now to use the words, I'm sorry, when someone in my life is going through something or has something happened to them. I, I say, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't really know what other words to use. I know that was a hard one. eh? like, cause you're like, mm-hmm. you are sorry. It's, it's a sad thing, but like, what else do you, what well, else do you say? Especially when someone <clears throat> goes, well, what are you sorry about? You didn't do it. I'm like, yeah, I'm expressing compassion and sorrow. Cause I've phrase. often been like that. I'm like, you don't need to be sorry. It's not your fault. And I'm like, <laughs> I understand that you're trying to like relate yeah, we'll be more aware of that. That's now. that's a tr- that's a tricky one. If anyone has an idea of another way that you can express sorrow or compassion for something that someone's going through, let us know. Mm. Another sign that you may be people pleasing, and this is a great one. You find it challenging to pinpoint how you really feel. Go along with everything. You say sorry, even if you don't mean it. And you just are not acting from a place of reaction to what you are going through. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, I think it's, it's because you're trying to keep everyone happy, right? And you're trying to be seen in this positive light. So you want to be that yes person and you you don't let anyone down, even if you don't want to do it Mm -hmm. or I did. I was like, oh, I'm just going to say yes. I'm just going to say yes. Until you get to a point where you burn out and then you have to backtrack and be like, I actually physically do not have the time to do this. But usually then it's filled with like, oh, I'm sick. Uh, like, you know, and then you're making some other excuse for not doing it instead of being like, hey, I don't actually have the time. You'll be like, oh, I'm sick or, oh, I'm, you know, and then you, but you're not, you just are too scared of the repercussions of saying no to your friend or your partner or your ex-partner or 
Um, I think the one of the most classic examples of people pleasing when and being detached from how you really feel is when you or your partner or friends are deciding what to watch or deciding where to go out to eat. I know in my marriage, I was so numb to, like I said, reacting to anything I wanted. I mean, I don't think there was a time that it ever came up where we would go out to eat where I didn't just say that I didn't care because I had no idea what I wanted. I just wanted what he wanted. <laughs> I'm still so bad at that. I'm like, I don't mind. I'm easy. I still say that, but I genuinely am like, I like a lot of food. So if there's anything in particular that I feel like I will say, but generally I am like, oh, I don't mind. We can go wherever. But maybe yeah, that's like that, one thing. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't No, but say- there is, that's a different thing now. Like you're just trying to, you're just trying to keep them happy. Right. By saying like, no, no, wherever you want to go mm-hmm. when really you want Mexican, because I know you love Mexican. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm even going to bring that up. I know that for me, though, when I was at the height of this, I don't think that I anything would even come to me that I wanted because wow, I was okay. so sh- shut off. Same with what to watch. We, you know, watch lots of movies together and I just... I don't know, whatever. Uh, now it's completely different. In fact, the other night, my partner and I got Korean food, which I Ooh. really have to say, Jesse, I really don't like it. And I do not get why people like Korean food so much. And I did. And I said to him, it's not what I would have wanted, but he was having a really bad day and didn't feel well. And I said, let's get it. But I, I probably will want something else next time. I'm doing it for you type of thing. Yeah, but that's different. Like that's compromise, right? So that's coming oh, yeah, from a that's healthier what I'm place. Saying. I, I, ta- yeah. I would have never said that to my husband. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and on that, you really having time for yourself is another way of yeah. knowing you're people pleasing. And I touched on it earlier, right? Mm-hmm. It's just constant because you're saying yes all the time. There's no you time. Yep. Where do you fit in time for you? Like mm-hmm. whether that be the basic stuff, like just getting yourself sorted for the week, the next week, or which is really important, taking some actual time for yourself to have some like date yourself time or like self-care time and stuff like I never had time for me yeah and I don't think everybody will relate to this because maybe you don't have people in your life that are as demanding as some others but this is a one one potential sign yeah if yeah if you feel like your schedule is just packed and that you're maybe going through the motions or things feel hard it's a it's a potential sign yeah and another sign that we've already touched on is that you have a severe fear of confrontation there are other reasons for a fear of confrontation other than people pleasing being codependent for instance or being in very unhealthy relationship but this is one sign that you may be doing some people pleasing yeah i think that it can be very useful when getting past a bad habit to explore why it is that we do it in the first place. Perhaps not for everybody and not for all things. Getting to the root cause may not be the thing that helps you to beat it finally, but for some, it it may. I think for me, it has helped. It has helped a lot. So first of all, got to start out with trauma. If there were traumas having to do with other people in your life, in your past, whether it be childhood, previous relationships, we may be people pleasing as an actual coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. It is. Usually that's where it comes from. And it starts in childhood. Mm-hmm. It starts from, and when you say trauma, um, I can see here, we've got a point around self-absorbed parents. If your parents aren't there or the only way to get their attention was to say yes, or they're, you know, like it's a, it's a form of self 
self-preservation because as a child all you want to do is look after your like all you're trying to do is protect yourself and go to those people that are supposed to protect you and if they're not there or the only way to get their protection is by agreeing with them all the time then of course you're going to be a people pleaser right yeah like and those parents that use guilt as a way of like controlling you Mm -hmm. you're instantly going to become a people pleaser because you're going to feel guilty if you don't do the thing that they ask you to do or also feeling just that you have to because you've been conditioned that way yeah a bunch of things are coming to me now from my childhood i mean we were not encouraged to speak our truth in my household yeah (laughs) like not at all and if someone from our church i was going to say if our elders but i'm not sure everyone will understand that reference but if our elders or our authority figures or our parents wanted us to do really anything if they said it we just had to do it i can think of a couple church activities that i just really didn't want to participate in they were public things that were really not required but our bishop had wanted us to do it and i pushed back just the tiniest bit and everybody around me started saying but the bishop wants us to do it and just really really judging me yeah so it trains you into Mm -hmm. like it's guilt right like it trains you into and that's how some religions operate not all but that that guilt thing and like being like well this is what they want and they're the authority figure and if you don't then you're like you're going to be outed right like they're gonna that that fear of like being pushed out and not liked and not part of the community which again for us as humans we need to be part of a community right and growing up that's a huge thing for us so of course you're going to be like oh okay yeah Maybe, this makes sorry. me, yes, this makes me seem like a better member of the community. It makes yeah. me seem like I'm perhaps more laid back, more willing to help yeah. others. And so I, you know, sometimes I think it's just a comfort thing. Mm. Yeah. I know we've got these points here, but it's all kind of comes back to that, how we were raised and stuff. But like in that, then you're not comfortable being by yourself, right? Because mm-hmm you don't know how to operate by yourself. You don't know. So you'll put up with, I've been in relationships well longer than I should have been because I didn't know how to sort of, I guess, be by myself. So I would people please to stay in these relationships, even though they weren't healthy because I wanted to feel loved because I didn't know, I didn't have the resources at that stage to look inwards and find that for myself. So like, yeah, finding like a simple need to survive rather than like face that discomfort or rejection because of asserting who you are and what you want. Yes. And the more that you are, you know yourself, the more you'll be comfortable and know that you're going to be okay, Mm. regardless of what the other person thinks, because you are going to be there and also goes back to being, I guess, in touch with our own feelings. The more we know ourselves, the more that we'll know how we're feeling. (laughs) Another reason, and this will not apply to everybody, but another reason Mm -mm. you might people please or start to people please is if you've been in unhealthy, toxic, or abusive relationships. I can relate to that. I mean, I've been with a person who, I mean, if you looked at him the wrong way, there was going to be a problem. So definitely if you went against anything he said, there was going to be a a big problem. And so just getting used to just whatever you want, whatever you want whatever you want because of yeah you know, to fear avoid of the consequences drama mm. Mm. particularly if it's like an abusive relationship as well right like physical or mental or stuff you you do you just start to people please because you don't want to because you're in love and you know maybe if i just do what they ask it'll be okay and they'll they'll get better and blah 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 like we we have to be responsible here ourselves right because we're the only people that can change it we're hoping for something out of this relationship, right? That's why we stay in them for so long that we, yeah, we people please because we're like, well, if I just give them this, Mm -hmm. then 
they'll love me more or the arguing will cease or whatever X, Y, Z explanation. Yeah. I don't set them off. And so, yeah. yeah, for some people, it could be a safety thing as, as well. Not everybody has good communication skills and no. not, <laughs> not everybody wants to either. Uh, so mm-hmm. in order to get clear on what people pleasing is and therefore be able to fix it, quote unquote, if this is something <laughs> that you want to work on, I thought it would be good or I thought it would be important that we make sure not to conflate it with some other relationship patterns that people have that involve pleasing and making the other person happy. So what came to mind for me is the difference between people pleasing, white knight syndrome slash rescuer syndrome and codependence, Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes people think of these, especially codependence and people pleasing or rescuer syndrome and codependence. People sometimes think of it as one big soup of dysfunction. (laughs) I'm going to have to put my hand up here and be like, I just thought it was one big soup of dysfunction. (laughs) Okay. So in order to outline this, I actually came up with this on my own. So think of this, the following scenario. You've been wanting to go out for Mexican food all week. However, your partner now wants to go somewhere completely different. A people pleaser will say yes and just to make the other person happy. That's all their motivation is. A codependent will say yes and then hold it over the other person's head later. Because remember, codependence is all about manipulating the other person to get what you want out of them. Whereas people pleasing, not always. You might just be more comfortable with the other person happy. You're not really going to use that to get what you want, whereas a codependent Mm -hmm. does. A person who plays the rescuer will make the reservation and then obsess over making sure the other person has the best meal ever. They will then get enormous gratification after being praised for it later. Oh. (laughs) I don't know. Does that help at all? It does. That's a whole world of different things. Mm -hmm. I did not know. Yeah. A rescuer wants to solve people's problems because they get off on it. A people pleaser may just simply want the other person to have a smile on their face and not want the confrontation. And that's it. See, I would have thought that people pleasing and white knighting was kind of the same, like coming into like kind of the same, but different in terms of like, I didn't realize that white knight has got gratification out of it, but people pleasing is very much. Yeah. Like I'm just going to do it to keep you happy. Like I don't need to praise me for it, but I just, I just want to keep you happy. Like I Mm -hmm, don't want you to not like, yeah, I think it's that fear of like losing that person in abandonment, right. Over like getting praised for it later. So there's a difference. And a feeling of importance over solving someone's problem. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah, people please definitely like, I just want this person to like me. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's that. So little we like for thought there. Can we be like, can we have a healthy way of how to like, how you would deal with this otherwise, just so we're giving people like. Oh, thank you. Yes. I really left that out. You so know, like you here are the, here are the <laughs> yeah, like here are the people pleasing codependent and white knighting situations, but what would you do in a healthy relationship? I so, think I would say I was really looking forward to this. If we could go where you want next time, that would, I would love that. I was, you know, because I'd really like to go on with the plan. Yeah. And even if like they, and that, and that, cause it's called compromise, right? Like at mm-hmm. the end of the day, like you could compromise, you could go 
to the, wherever they wanted to go and then be like, and I would really like if we went to Mexican this time, like next time, you know, like next time, sorry, yeah, and set a date and set a date for it or vice versa, you know, like, because mm. and be like, oh, look, I've been really looking forward to Mexican all week. Do you mind if we keep that plan? But like maybe tomorrow night we go to Korean. <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah. it's it's like both of you have expressed your wants mm-hmm. and your needs and there's an outcome that is positive for both of you yep. or you could go find somewhere because we have this cute little place in Auckland called Elliot Stables that has like um it's like a converted stable I assume it's really fancy now it's got a whole bunch of shared tables in the middle of it and then like different restaurants so yeah, like I think we call that you could, market here yeah shop. so like you could have Mexican and they could have Korean and then you could sit together and you could both be happy. It might not be the Mexican restaurant you had in mind, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's a cute idea. Actually, you know, like it, it kind of services both of those wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Just expressing, making sure that what you want is front and center. There yeah. is this really famous place here in Denver called syrup that everyone just Ooh. loves. And it is good. I have to say, but it's everyone's brunch go-to. And my partner wanted to go there the other day. And I don't know. I just think it's kind of your typical brunch place. And I did say, I really wanted some shrimp and grits. Do you mind if we go to the bindery is where I like to get my sh- shrimp and grits. And uh, he was cool with it. <laughs> what is what is grits? Grits? It's like a cornmeal dish. It's oh. very popular in the South. Let me look. I've never heard of it. So. <gasps> really? Okay. Grits are a type of porridge made from go- boiled cornmeal. Oh. It's really savory and it has this great texture. And in the South, they serve them often with shrimp. It might be kind of hard to picture, but, you know, we were in Savannah in January and that's a very common local traditional dish. And I kind of fell in love with it. And so now I've been seeking places out that do it here, which is kind of rare. But I hadn't known that we were going to be going out to brunch and I was kind of had a craving for it. So and if he would have said no, I would have gone to syrup. But yeah, yes. Yeah, it's nice to like (laughs) mention what you want. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess I we should move on from that and sort of talk about how it prevents, like how people pleasing prevents us from having fulfilling relationships. Right. Because you might think that making sure your partner's happy is the way to relationship happiness and not necessarily. So no. go ahead. <laughs> I firstly want to say I do not trust relationships. When people tell me that they never fight or never have an argument or a disagreement, I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. And I don't trust that their relationship is happy because someone is people pleasing. Someone is not saying what they want just to keep the other one happy because we are human beings. We are always going to have like, not fights, not like big yelling, screaming matches, but we're always going to have like differing opinions, right? And differing yes. contexts. And some of that stuff's really important. So I think it's healthy to have these discussions. So yeah, that. I, I just know that when people tell me they don't have disagreements and they agree on everything, that they do not have a fulfilling relationship. And also like, that they might not be telling you the truth, to be honest. <laughs> yes, that is that. <laughs> so I will start because I know a little bit more about codependence than perhaps, and again, your average Joe. I actually was going to Codependence Anonymous when I first left my abuser. I've read books about it. So, and it's very oft misunderstood. Mm-hmm. So people pleasing and codependence are related to each other. And I think that over time you could become codependent if you become really wrapped up in people pleasing. Mm. And therefore you may start to feel resentful 
when you don't get the the recognition you are trying to elicit. And this mm -hmm. is actually one of the hallmark traits of someone who's codependent is they will do something expecting a certain outcome or response from the person. And then it, if they don't get it, it starts to boil up under the surface and they start to be really angry at the people around them for not doing what they expected them to do. Oh, curious. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, let's say, for instance, the classic example of codependence is a female who is married to an alcoholic. So the wife may take care of this person and enable them to continue into their addiction. But what they really want is either the recognition or uh, something something in return for, for doing it. Typically, mm, yeah, okay. that you'll be seen as kind of the, the savior in the relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, and I can see how that would, like, if you people please enough, you would fall into codependence. You could, yes. Mm. Mm. Okay. And especially if you're thinking, I want to, for instance, go to the restaurant to make my partner happy, but you're also hoping that then the next time you're together with all of your friends, that they're going to be praising you publicly. And when yeah. they don't, you start to feel resentful for that. Right. Or that perhaps when your birthday's coming up, that you're hoping because you've been letting them do everything that they want to do, that they're going to do something extremely special for your birthday. And then when maybe it doesn't turn out the way you were expecting, you feel resentful. Yeah. Okay. That, that type of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and on top of that, yeah, like you, you may have one-sided unsatisfying relationships, right? If you're people pleasing, because mm -hmm. you're constantly saying yes and are not happy. That's like, <laughs> it's going to sound stupid. No, it's not. Um, that's like having unsatisfying sex, right? Like, oh, yeah, totally had a great time when really you didn't mm -hmm. and it was awful and you know that you're going to have to do it again. I mean, that's actually the perfect example. And that is one reason why people have unsatisfying sex, because they never voiced it to their partner. They never even asked for what they want. Mm -hmm. And then they yep. acted like they liked it. Yep. And then, of course, they're going to continue doing the same thing because you said you liked it. So sure. Yeah. We do, I just dropped an episode today, so everybody go back and look in the feed. It's episode 158. Jesse, you have to listen. It's okay. called Foreplay for Everyone. Ooh. And I, I spoke in the episode with my friend Steve about how when I was in my marriage, I got into a habit that I've come to learn that a lot of women get into, which is purposely going to bed before their husband because dreading the ho-hum sex or whatever. And then if yeah. he did, if I was still awake when he came to bed, I would just dread it. And I talked about in the episode how there was very, very little foreplay. There was very little effort put into, you know, getting me in the mood. Ugh, I didn't yeah. have that great of a relationship. And so there wasn't like this ongoing like activation between us. But then I also pointed out per the purposes of the episode was this was a pattern that we had for so mm. long. He probably, I mean, why would he do anything different? I never yeah, talked just, to him about it. I never said that I wanted mm. to. But it goes back to the people pleasing in the marriage. Oh, 100%. I, I would not have wanted to say that. And in fact, looking back, I don't think he would have liked it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just completely keep it to myself. And it did feel one-sided, I, I have to say. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Okay, so how else does being a people pleaser prevent us from having fulfilling relationships? 
Um, well, I've said it before and I'll say it again, stress and burnout. <laughs> um, for me, it's the biggest thing, right? Like, because you're saying yes all the time to everybody, including all of your relationships, not just your intimate ones. You're saying yes all the time. So you don't have any time for yourself to recover, you know, and you're stressed because there's so much going on and you're worried about letting people down and you hit burnout. How can you have a, how is that a fulfilling relationship? Not only with other people, but with yourself. And I'm guilty of still doing that occasionally. I do catch myself. That became a big thing for me a couple of years ago when I had the radiation and stuff is because I had to slow down and I couldn't say yes to people anymore because I could barely look after myself. But for, since then, I've been more aware of that. And I know that some weeks I've overcommitted and I know that I'm like, oh shit, I've done that thing again where I've, maybe it's people pleasing, maybe it's sort of FOMO, but <laughs> I get too stressed. And then I'm like, oh, I need to slow down. I need to like come back to me and I need to avoid going into burnout and stress out because like, I'm not going to be good to anyone. I don't know about you, but like when I'm stressed and burnt out, I'm not a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very law, I suppose. Um, and yeah, this isn't just about your time, though. I think a lot of people pleasers will relate to feeling that they never have time to themselves. Mm. But also, if you are constantly kind of low grade worried and stressed about what other people oh. are going to think or what other people are going to feel, your nervous system is going it's to be so kind of all out of whack. And so, and that is one of the leading causes of burnout is when, yeah. you know, stress and when your nervous system is just, oh. just, and it whacks with everything overdrive. else. Yeah. Cause if you got that low level of stress, it, it affects your digestion, it affects your physical health, mm -hmm. like you're more likely to get sick. I think and you might be more likely to self-medicate as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, totally. To kind of try and just numb that feeling, right? Yes. So it's just not, yeah, it's not fulfilling for you either is the big thing. Yep. And so, yeah, then you can't show up for your partner and nor are you going yeah. to want to. No. Because it's someone else asking something of you. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> A very, very vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. And the last reason I wanted to talk about is you will not have satisfying relationships because your partner is not going to get to know the real you. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, it's not really a relationship. No, it's one sided, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're just doing what they want, rather than even letting them know what you want, mm -hmm. how can you even really trust that that's a relationship? I think yeah. it's really important to put it out there, what your needs, mm -hmm. wants, and desires are, and what your interests are, and how you feel about, about things, so that you can have a truly joyful and really intimate relationships in all aspects. Yeah, 100%. So we're going to take a very quick commercial break and then everybody stay with us because when we get back, we're coming to the heart of the episode and that is how to stop people pleasing and start choosing you. Welcome back to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. We have been talking about people-pleasing, how it impacts our relationships, the signs, but now let's talk about how to stop doing it. I have... The two of us have come up with some great stories from our own life, some great tips, and um, we are also going to share some affirmations at the end of the episode that you can use if you are ready today to keep a check on this or mm -hmm. to keep check on this to yeah. check this <laughs> as we said earlier this is a very practical tip watch how often you say sorry just mm. like 
when you are in Toastmasters and you are supposed to watch your ums and ahs and your you knows, which is a podcaster's nightmare, you will start to notice when you're saying sorry once you start to pay attention to it. And then if you're using it as a coping mechanism or as a way to just generally keep the people around you happy, which I think you're really fooling yourself if you think that's working, once you start to notice it, you can stop it. So yeah. see for the next week how many times you say sorry. And I want to hear from you. DM me if this is revelatory to you. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, so uh, do you want to go with this next one? So what you can start doing is putting up some boundaries and saying like for yourself and for other people, right? Like, okay, I've got X amount of time and block it out in your calendar. I find is like a very good thing to do is and something I have not done recently, but like block out some you time and that's a non-negotiable, right? And be like, sorry, this is time for me. I'm not available here. This is like, this is what I'm doing. And you could be watching a movie. You could be sleeping. You could be going on a hike. You could do whatever you want in that time, but that is you time. And it's very important to put boundaries in there, but it's also important to think about what you're willing to do to help other people because there's nothing wrong with helping other people. I get a lot out of it. Like I love being of service to people. It's what I do. It's who I am. And I really enjoy it, but it's got to look at where, where are you capable of? And I don't know if you know the term, but like we often, myself and my friends who are in the mental health sort of sphere often say, oh, we don't have the spoons. So I can't say I'm familiar with that expression. Spoon theory is basically you have a drawer full of spoons and each time you do something, you're giving away a spoon. So if you keep giving all your spoons away, then you're going to have no spoons left to give away. Right. So if you don't have any spoons for the thing, then you can't, you can't give any more. It's about setting those boundaries with your, and talking to your friends about that and being like, Hey, look, I would love to help you, but I just don't have the capacity for this right now. Or I don't have the spoons is what we say. I would Uh, say another good habit to get into and something that I've learned is you don't always have to give an explanation. No, you don't. And Mm -hmm. I think um, I also now, and this is something replicated is I've asked my friends before they start venting is if ask me if I have the time, because I will do that to them first. So like, I'll be like, do you have time for a, like, can I vent to you? And I think that's very important to establish those boundaries as well, because if you're asking them for their time, then hopefully they'll learn to ask you for your time or set that boundary with them. Be like, look, I'm not always going to be available for you to just start venting. But I'm happy for you too if I do. So often we'll have like conversations. If it's going to be a vent, we'll go to each other, be like, Do you have the do you have the spoons? Can I vent mm-hmm. to you? And then accept you. May have no. even said that to me, come come to think of it. That's a I probably have. That's a wonderful I try to analogy. Yeah. That's the other cute. flip side of putting up in boundary uh, like of all of this, which I want to say, is being prepared to lose those people in your life that are taking your people pleasing to your, to their advantage. Yeah. This could be people, these could be friends of 20 years. This could be partners. This could be a friend, a work colleague. They can see your people pleasing and they're using it to their advantage. If you start putting in boundaries, be prepared for these people to fight you and make you feel like you're the problem. You're no longer putting up with the demands that they were making. 
and they may not and, be treating you as well as they did before. And it's something really I, important to yeah. pay attention to. Yeah. And it is sad. I would say this is not not everybody will relate to this because not everybody out there is trying to take advantage of your people pleasing. Pay attention and then, yeah, be willing to to walk away. Yeah. I can think of two or three things, including with my employer back in Australia. They mm. kind of had me at their whim because I felt yeah. that I really needed this visa yeah. and I had to have the job to get the visa. Yeah. And they crossed so many boundaries, texting me even on the weekend, complaining about work-related things. Yeah. And when I did say, you know, put a boundary that said, I need to work from home, I can't go into the office, it completely blew up in my, well, you know yeah. what, I wouldn't say it blew up in my face because I was exerting myself and standing up for myself for the first time, but I did end up losing visa but yeah you didn't blow up in your face you lost the people who were using taking advantage of your people pleasing Mm -hmm. um and like i lost a a friendship of like i said 20 years because i stopped putting up with the way and you gotta remember like it's not their fault it's nobody's fault you innate you allowed that behavior by your people pleasing unintentionally totally unintentionally but realize that that's a pattern that they've got themselves into right that if they ask you for something, you're going to say yes. So they're just going to keep pushing that. So when you start to say no and fight back, they're going to start fighting you on that. Yeah. And they're going to start making life hell and they're going to start making it feel like it's your fault. It's not. Don't cave in. Stand your ground and keep those boundaries because like, otherwise they'll just keep walking all over you. Oh, yeah. And- I also lost a friend. I It was so obvious to me that she invited me to things because she wanted me to kind of be the life of the party and because mm. I'm very vivacious and I really kind of be I'm an extrovert and I could it was so clear to me that that's why she would yeah. invite me to think I stopped getting invited to parties and weddings when they were like because yep. people used to be like oh you could come along and just bring your wedding your camera and take a few photos and I was like I'd rather be there for me and like enjoy myself and be a guest good for so you. stopped getting invited to things yep when I and when I would go to them, she was never really that nice to me. She never really got in touch in between these things that she was planning. She would send, you know, forget special things in my life. Mm. And I and so I did. I stopped. I, I started saying no when I get the invitations. And it was just like, boom, she was gone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Funny that, huh? Good riddance. All right. So another uh, way that you can stop people pleasing and start showing up for yourself. Jesse has a really practical tip for us. Yes, ask other people pleasers for ad- like advice on your messages before you or like feedback on your messages before you send like um you know we were talking about communicating via message earlier and sometimes and I still do this with people who I'm close with I'll be like can I send you I'm having this issue can I send you this message to just read over and let me know because it's nice to have someone who's like a third party but you know has the same sort of tendencies as you to people please to read over a message with a clear mind and be like, Hey, maybe the, like the meat of it's great, but change this part or don't say this because you're not sorry for setting a boundary. You're not sorry. And yes, sorry is appropriate for some things. Don't get me wrong. But like, if you're just saying it to stop hurting someone's feelings. And so I feeding into the cycle, this very dysfunctional cycle that you have with yourself. Exactly. And again, it comes back to the asking people first, because I always be like, can I send you this? And they'll often be like, yeah, yeah, send it through. And I'll, you know, I'll have a read and let you know. Um, I've done it for people. They've done it for me. Like it's so healthy to have someone else have a set of eyeballs on it 
to sort of it gives you permission as well and it gives you like acknowledgement that you're doing the right thing as well and not being a complete asshole Mm -hmm. because no doubt the other person that you're trying to send this message to could potentially make you feel like the asshole that's wonderful advice. And just so everyone knows, I actually often help my clients with this. And I do mm. allow people within certain parameters, you know, respecting my time and um, to send me text messages before they send them, not just to their ex, but to uh, people that they're dating. I also do dating mm. coaching. And it's something I, I enjoy. And it also helps you to feel more confident, like once you set it out. Like yeah. you said. Another tip that I will give that I use in my life that I had to learn over time is take time to make decisions or commit to things. You very, very rarely need to be compelled to answer right in the moment about whether or not you can do something. It will feel uncomfortable at first if you are not used to taking your time. Mm -hmm. But once you learn to step back and tell people that you will get back to them to tell yourself that you'd like to feel into it before making a decision, you will be so much more relaxed. You will find that you might even almost completely stop people pleasing and that you will find so much more joy in the things that you decide to say yes to. And this is also a great way to build self-trust and to learn to listen to your intuition. Mm. I speak with a lot of people who don't really know what that really means to listen to your intuition because they're not used to it. And this is a really, really great way to do that. You know, take a day, take an hour, take a couple days to feel in to how you feel (laughs) about doing this thing and then respond. Yeah, that's so important is to not just say yes straight away or I guess in this day and age where we've got social media and an instant message, right? Like we people feel like they've got you 24-7 and expect a reply straight away. I tell my friends now if they go offline or whatever and then they're like, oh, sorry, I had to go do such and such. I was like, you never have to apologize to me for going and living your life. Like I totally get it. Like if we're in the middle of a conversation, like an in-depth conversation, maybe tell me that you were going off to do something. But also like if we're just having like a day-to-day like chat and you go offline because you got busy with work, I don't need that. It's fine. You don't need to apologize for that. You've got to pay your bills somehow, right? Good point. I'm laughing because you and I have both done that to each other recently because we have a lot going on. I've traveled. You've started a new job. I've been dealing with some stuff in my personal life. And normally, I mean, we talk almost every day, but it's been a lot. There's been a lot more time in between. And both of us have gone to the other person and said, I'm so sorry. I've been out of touch. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, we've been like, don't worry about it. Yes. Yeah, completely. But I guess, yeah, when you're used to having someone in your life daily, I guess for me, I was like, I hope she knows like I'm still here. It's just, yeah, yeah, I don't want her to go anywhere. So (laughs) no, (laughs) you leave me. Yeah. But I guess like I, and maybe I was sorry because you're my friend and I don't want you to think I'm just like bouncing. So yeah, maybe I was genuinely sorry. (laughs) I I think it's like, it's nice to acknowledge that you've got, you know, like life is busy. Like I think with us, it's, it's a little bit different. And you know, like with friends, if you haven't spoken to them, for a while it's just been like hey I'm just checking in sorry I've been away like I've been dealing with some stuff 
and again, like I acknowledge my friends as well that have been, I've made a, a new friend recently um, quite quickly and we talk every day and it's been really lovely. And I said to them the other day, I was like, look, I really appreciate because I was going through a really bad mental space the other day. And um, they spoke me, they talked me through it and they were like, made sure I ate and stuff. They're like, go and eat food, which when I'm in that space, I don't want to eat, you know? And then I said to him, look, I really appreciate this friendship. Like I know that it's new and, but it's, it's just really nice and I really appreciate it. And he was like, oh, I'm just who I am. And I was like, yeah, but I still think it's important to acknowledge that. Like you're being awesome. So thank you. Like, I don't want you to think that I'm taking advantage of your kindness. Yeah, this is totally off. I mean, it's a little off topic, but really if someone does something that means something to you, or if you've noticed something seriously, a text recognizing oh. that and affirming that goes a long way yeah. really people because like this person is also a people pleaser so mm -hmm. like they could be doing it to just people please right and so I wanted them to know that it wasn't the case and that I do like genuinely appreciate who they are mm -hmm. people love that shit when you like appreciate them yeah. Just for the sake of appreciating them, don't feel like you have to. It makes a big difference. It really, it really means re means a lot. So, if we are getting into the habit of taking time to make decisions or commit to things, how do you do that? If this is not second nature to you, the way that it is for me, if you have, if you're super out of practice. How, what are the ways that you can kind of break this down in order to make a decision? Well, I came up with this really cool list and the book, The Liberated Self, A People Pleaser's Guide to Better Relationships. It is available on Amazon. The book encourages liberation from the mindset of people pleasing. And it gives a cool list of things that you can ask yourself before you say yes to something. Ooh. If you get asked to do something... Or, you know, maybe you're even asking yourself if you want to do something. Here are some things to consider. First, do I care deeply about this task? Okay. Two, am I honoring someone or something I love by saying yes? Three, am I feeling pressured to say yes because of a fear of angering or upsetting somebody? Hmm. Four, are there others who can do this besides me? Uh, mm -hmm. Number five, do I have time to do this? Number six, do I have an interest in doing this? Seven, do I have the energy for it? That's so mm -hmm. important. So important to listen to that question. Um, and the last one, will I end up resenting myself or someone else if I take on this task right now? Very, Boy. very good questions. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go get the I'm gonna have to go get this book or like I'm gonna save these notes for later because these are gonna go these are gonna be my questions. I mean I ask myself them now, but I didn't back in the day. Well, maybe um go back and read and listen to this over, write these things down, everybody. Mm. I'll put them on my social medias. Maybe if you can put them on a sticky note, if you're someone who has an intense job where you're getting asked mm. to do things all the time, if you're a community organizer like me who's at been who's asked to do increasingly more things. Um <laughs> <laughs> with the same amount of time. Yes. Um mm. it's I think good to maybe have it handy. And I to think agree. of these things, tell everybody you're going to think about it and then think about it in these terms. Jesse actually got up a little note card right now and she's she's going to do it. 
I'm going to write them down right now. I've like handy dandy notes next to my note cards next to my desk on my desk. Send me a pic. I'll post it when I post the episode. Another way to stop people pleasing and start choosing you learn to have compassion for yourself. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Have sympathy and compassion. You're a wonderful person. So many things. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Honestly, that's the one like that's, I mean, a lot of these things took me a long time to learn, but yeah, that's yeah. Stop beating yourself up. If I could go back and tell younger me, that would be what I would tell myself. Oh man. What I would tell my younger self. (laughs) Right. Oh my goodness. Uh, That could actually be another conversation. Another episode. (laughs) What What I would tell my younger self. And Jesse, we I cut we've touched on this a lot, but what's one last thing you can do if you want to start stop people pleasing and choose you? Yeah. Step back when it doesn't feel amazing. If it's Okay, I know we're allowed to swear here, so I'm going to say my favorite saying. If it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it. If it's, if it's not, a, if it's not a wholehearted yes, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the point? I mean, in like within reason, right, because sometimes work is never a wholehearted yes. You still have to do that to a degree. To a degree, you still have to work, right, but you can set boundaries within work. Yes, you're absolutely right. I think you know when it comes to work, this is a commitment that we've made to ourselves because of, you know, the things that we want in our future. Oh, totally. And that's but, what you have to keep in mind as well, right? Like this with work, it's it's if it's not toxic, like if it's just like a oh, it's a Monday morning and I don't want to go to work, like no one feels amazing on a Monday morning and wants to go yes. to work. Mm-hmm. But your long-term goal is not work, right? Hopefully your long-term goal is if, if you've got a family saving for your family to do stuff yeah. or like mm-hmm. if not you're saving for your future to go traveling or buy a house or whatever yeah, maybe it is you get lit up future goal is you, yeah exactly you could get lit up about your future goals and how you're going to yeah. be showing up for your future self and i think that that is very motivating for people i also think there are lots of tweaks that we can make at work that do make it mm. more enjoyable. And I totally. also think that sometimes we have to even walk away from work and money. Oh, if it's really so, totally I've yeah. Sometimes you do some, and I think COVID's shown us that as well, right? Like there are a lot of industries here in particular, like the hospital industry, people are looking for work all the time because they're underpaying their stuff. And I know in America, they're underpaying their stuff when it comes to hospitality. <laughs> Just a little. Um, it's just a little. How about you pay your staff a living wage? Hey, I am all on board with, with paying hospitality workers more. Yeah, I think like pay them a living wage. They shouldn't have to live off tips. Um, tips should be an added bonus, right? Anyway, that's my side rant about what's wrong with America. Um, <laughs> oh, it's just that, right? <laughs> it's just that one thing. 100% just <laughs> that. Uh-huh. But yeah, if it doesn't work for you, leave. If it's toxic, leave. Find something else. Yeah, it's hard. But sometimes I can know from personal experience that long term, it's going to be much better for you to even walk away from jobs and even from relationships. Like relationships, right? Like it is. Sometimes it gets hard to walk away, but that's what you need to do in that moment. And it's going to suck. But that's why we've got people like Janice and you've got your friends and your family, hopefully, um, around you to support you. So, yeah. Right. Do, so I do think what you need to do. In the next week, I would really encourage people when you're faced with a decision to just, even if you don't go through this entire list, just think about how does it make me feel? 
to mm. do this? Or how does it make me feel to say yes? How does it make me feel to say no? If you feel mm. relieved at the thought of saying no or at the thought of not having to do something, Mm. I know I'm doing right? this right now, you know, as a community organizer, I get asked to help out and to show up to a lot of things because, you know, maybe it's going to be a draw to get more, more people there. And also I can advertise it and it's just too much. It's not, I'm talking myself into doing stuff that I don't want to do. And so, yeah, yep. No has come uh, to play more often in my, in my life mm. the past few weeks. Before we let everybody go, I want everyone to get out a paper, get out your phone, get out a pen. We have four affirmations for people pleasing, or I guess yeah. four affirmations to stop people pleasing. So we're going yeah. to give four, but then I am going to drop a bonus episode, which I've been hearing from people saying that they really like those. So right after this episode, there will be a bonus track on affirmations for people pleasing, or maybe affirmations for choosing you. I'm Ooh, exactly I like sure. that. So write some, write these down now, what Jesse and I are going to read, and then stay tuned for the bonus track. So Jesse, would you like to start? It is safe for me to set boundaries with myself and others. I love expressing myself. My time and energy are worth protecting. I confidently communicate. That's a wrap on this week's episode. I want to say I know that some of this is hard. I know that these are not <laughs> things that you, some of someone may be listening and think that this is just not accessible to them because of all of the demands on their life, or that maybe we don't know what it's like to have your reality. But I, I assure you life is too short. You deserve, you know, a really joyful mm. existence. And I do know that if you can implement just a few of the things that you heard in today's episode, I think that you'll feel your stress go down. I think I've, Think that you'll have more joy in each moment and also that your self-care will improve and therefore everything mm. else in your life will improve yeah totally all right well thank you so much jesse for joining if you'd like to learn about jesse and her work please go to the show notes and please follow her if you have not already and yes yeah, stay tuned for our next episode on talking to my younger self i don't know sounds like a good one <laughs> one of I know, right? One of the many episodes we will record in the future. <laughs> I think this will be the next one, actually. <laughs> I'm here for it. All right, Jesse, thank you so much for being here. Go enjoy your day. I'm going to do the same. There's a storm coming in here in Denver. If you like this episode, please let me know by leaving me a five-star rating on review. That is a great, great, great way to leave feedback for me. I love hearing from you. And I'll see you next week. Yay. Bye. bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On with Janice Formicella. I sincerely hope that you found today's episode inspirational or useful. I would love to support you on your healing journey. All you have to do is send me a message on Instagram at breakupspodcast or email me at breakupspodcast at gmail.com and I will be in touch to get you started. Remember... If you are struggling with a broken heart, your feelings are temporary. I am sending you so much love and luck for the week ahead. You've got this.